0: Now, now betting, betting for the, for sports, the sports animal,
1: animal.
0: Your, your afternoon drive. Number, Number two, men, men on, Van, Van Nunley and Fred Slow. Slo. And in the, in the on, on deck circle, circle. Avery Castillo. Castillo.
1: This is two men on, with Van Nunley and Fred Slow. Van's not here. Van's not here, guys. <laughs> That's the cheering. We're live at the Hooters on San Mateo, celebrating 15 years of the opening drive. We were going to talk sports, they had a whole list. I had Sean Payton, I had how running backs don't matter. I had talking about LeBron James. I was going to talk about the United. We were going to talk about Udonis Haslam retiring and how he's the greatest professional athlete of all time. MLB trade deadline, how the Angels are the best team in all professional baseball now, how the Cardinals are purging, how the Dodgers are reloading. But well, we got all the way up to 6 o'clock, and now we're just going to talk about the isotopes with Josh Suge. Josh, welcome, brother. Where's Van? Van's not here. Van's the in Van's beautiful. not there. No, he's in beautiful and historic Las Vegas, Nevada, as he is celebrating the 50th anniversary of his parents' wedding. How incredible Aww, is that?
0: Aw, that is fabulous.
1: Good for Van, and even we are better not- for his parents. We are not at the ballpark tonight, as we so often are. On Fridays, we're celebrating at Hooters, the 15-year Annie of the opening drive. Josh, you drive to work whenever the opening drive is on in the morning. Do you often take the hot takes from the morning show to the office? And how does the opening drive resonate at the ballpark?
0: Well, one of my favorite things to do is to listen to Jeff and JJ and, like, take their, uh, especially when it's, like, Lobo stuff and Mountain West Conference stuff, yeah. And then I'll be like getting some coffee, you know, in the break room and here comes, you know, Dylan Storm or Michael Malgery. And I was like, you know, this is what I've been thinking lately. And then I'll just like <laughs> totally copy whatever Jeff and JJ said. You know, just regurgitated. And, uh, and then there's kind of like a pause because it's like a moment of truth where those guys listening as well. Because <laughs> because if they were listening, then there's like this look like That is not an original thought. You know, you just stole that from Jeff and JJ. And
1: I was like, ah, I just tested see If you guys are listening this morning, ha-ha. You take it and just put it in a chat GPT and you say, reword this. (laughs) No, there's a couple of times, especially when we have, like, these 11 a.m. games
0: that I'm driving in and I'll listen to them and just whatever they're talking about, like baseball-wise, and all this thing, oh, you know. If it's a blowout in the seventh inning, that's a really good topic for me to just, like, start randomly talking about, but it's not so random because, oh, yeah, I kind of like that idea.
1: Did you, growing up in Northern California, have a morning show that was a staple, the way that the opening drive is here? Did you have, like, one that resonates with you even still to today as important in your fandom of, of professional sports?
0: Yes, absolutely. So it's interesting you bring that up because so the the primary sports talk station in the Bay Area is KNBR. They call themselves the Sports Leader, Um, and they're around for for like they're like the original in the Bay Area. But when they started, they were just like a, 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 a AM station, like they were back in the '80s, and then they would have sports at night, and so their morning show was called Frank and Mike because the guys' names were Frank and Mike and I always thought that was super cool because my dad's name is Frank and my mom's name is Michaeline, and she went by Mike and I always felt like oh yeah it's like Frank and Mike it's like my mom and dad and I'm listening to these guys in the morning and like and, and they would, and they would talk about the Giants. They would talk about sports. They would talk about like a lot of things. My dad was a hardcore AM listener. Whenever we'd be in the car, he would always bounce around to the stations to find out the traffic in case we had to get off at this exit and try and be, he was like, that was, he didn't have, you know, GPS because it's the eighties. And so he would bounce right. around, but we would listen to Frank and Mike in the morning in order to like hear different things like that. And then even when can be our transitioned to a sports talk station, the last remaining not Completely sports was Frank and Mike and so that I like I always just like listening to them for like the variety of things I think they were like the original uh, you know sports adjacent uh, that you guys do now is kind of like what they did for for ten years or so and then now one of now the morning show at KBR uh, there's this guy named Brian Murphy he used to be a writer. And so I always liked him because we were friends and I respected him as a writer. I was like, oh, this is like a local guy who I actually know who made the transition from writer to broadcasting. And he was one of the inspirations for me in thinking like, hey, maybe I can do the same thing that Brian Murphy did.
1: You know what's interesting about you saying that, especially here in this market, because you know I've worked in other markets. Obviously, you worked in other markets. And to me, the formula was always you're the play-by-play guy for something. you know. And I was the play-by-play guy for New Mexico Highlands University for like two years. And then you also hosted a talk radio show, or you were the play-by-play, or excuse me, or you were a talk radio show host, but you also wrote a column, or you were a talk show radio show host, but you also did the evening sports cast. It's kind of a different situation here in Albuquerque, where you're a sports talk radio guy, and that's kind of, like, you can host a bowl, or you can own a pro wrestling organization, or you can do these other things, but there's not an adjacent world. I'm surprised that you, Josh, don't have the number one afternoon show in the entire town, because you have the talent to cover all sports. Well,
0: there's a lot to unpack from your statement. Thank you. Um, I think I mean, number one, you're talking about changing nature of media and and how much media has changed just in the 15 years since, you know, the opening drive began. Um, I also think that when you think about like like a Joe Buck, you know, for you, or excuse me, a Jack. Best Buck of for all time. So Jack Buck was not an employee of the Cardinals. He was an employee of the radio station. And so he did what the radio station wanted, which was we want Buck on the air as much as possible, so we don't mind if you're on there and you're giving your opinions and then doing Cardinals baseball. And now you kind of have this transfer where the play-by-play announcers are employees of the team. So so there's a lot more, and I'm not talking about myself, I'm talking about like across the country, where there's yeah. a lot more, we have to be careful what we say from noon to three, or from three to six before we go on the air to do this game, because our bread and butter is... The team that is employing us, you know. So you take that for like anyone who's doing play-by-play across the country. I also think that with baseball, there's just so many games that it makes it harder about when you're available. I think there's a few more football play-by-play announcers who will have a talk show, you know, five days a week. I mean, Greg Papa would be a great example. Another guy from the Bay Area. He was yeah. the Raiders for a long time. Now he does the 49ers. He's had a three-hour sports talk show, and that was like the place that you would go to find out about the Raiders because all everybody else talked about was the 49ers. But Al Davis. and the the Raiders loved that their play-by-play announcer was on at least one station for three hours where they could kind of get their messaging out or their wording out through their play-by-play guy.
1: I know you and I are sitting here a little biased as we talk about radio on the radio, but to me, although it's not the medium it was, you know, in the late 80s, early 90s, and even 2000s, but I think it's so very vital in so many ways. I think it's an accompaniment. You know, I think you're in the car. It's an accompaniment. It's You're on your way to the ballpark for the game you're about to watch. It's a way to connect with individuals that you might not know, talking about some individuals that you might mutually know, which is you, I, or Justin Bietti or other. Do you think, Josh, the day will ever come when sports talk radio doesn't have the impact that you and I believe it has had historically?
0: I do not think that's going to happen, no. I don't Um, either. We're seeing way more sports talk stations go to FM or do AM-FM hybrid, you know, like the sports animal does. You know, what you just said made me think about when I first moved to Albuquerque, I think I arrived on a Friday, and the next day was when the news broke that Steve Alford was leaving the Lobos after just signing this 10-year contract or whatever it was to go to UCLA, and it's... A Saturday morning, and Jeff and JJ went into the studio and did a show. Right? They Love were not it. scheduled. There was just national programming. It was a Saturday. But because it was such big news, they just went on the air spontaneously. And I remember I had just gotten to the market. It was my second day. And I remember thinking number one, I'm really impressed with the work ethic of these guys. Number two, I'm impressed that the radio station. was like, yes, we want you on there. And then the number of people who called up and it was, oh my goodness, I'm so glad you guys happened to be on there. I was tuning in and hoping that you guys might do like a spontaneous show. And sure enough, they were doing the spontaneous show. And it was like it was a gathering place, right? Like people couldn't just, oh, I mean, I guess they could go to a bar, but it was just like a better gathering place to talk through what it felt like, the heartbreak of having Steve Alford leave to go to UCLA right
1: after he had led the Lobos to prominence and signed a 10-year contract. Do you remember, if not your first, adjacent to your first, like, spot with Jeff and JJ? Do you remember the first time you graced the opening drive airwaves?
0: Yeah, it was... um I I had just been announced as the play-by-play announcer, and I came out to basically look for a place to live and do, like, a little bit of media and things like that. So I went on with uh, the afternoon show, which was however many generations before you guys. And then the next morning I went on uh, with Jeff and JJ. I think it was a three-person show at the time. I can't remember. And, um, yeah, I just remember being, like, being in the studio, and I was just like, dang, man, I I better make sure that I'm on my game because guys know what they're doing here.
1: Yeah, I remember the first time you were on, with van and I in the afternoon and, and they had made a transition from the afternoon show to our show. And that communication uh, either was slowed or mucked or, or got lost in transition to the isotopes. And I remember reaching out to you and I'm like, I'm like, Hey, what, you know, what time do you normally do your crosstalk? Like when is the best bet? And you go, can you take a call? I was, I was like, yeah, let's let's figure out setting this thing up. <laughs> but I, I t- if it, if it's Jeff Bieber or JJ Bucker, you even Josh Susan, I don't mean even. I mean at the exact same level. How fortunate in this market to have so many individuals that are full of fellowship, so many individuals that are willing to help each other on a moment's notice and celebrate not just sports, but the medium of sports talk and connecting with not just the friends of the show, but the listeners of the opening drive, the listeners of i Baseball, and the community that surrounds them. I'm just very proud to be a part of this association. You know...
0: when I I go around the Pacific Coast League, you know, you talk to other broadcasters and you're like, hey, you know, what kind of radio station do you have? And like three of the 10 teams in our league don't have a radio deal. They're on the internet only. I think the only other city where I've ever seen the local sports talk station come out and do a live remote from the ballpark besides Albuquerque is El Paso. And so when you start talking shop and you start like, you know, comparing notes and, you know, and when I say, well, there's a morning show and yeah, you know, they'll have Isotope's guests that are on there. I'll go on with them. And I do a crosstalk. Monday through Friday with these guys, you know, five days a week, in addition to having a 20-minute pregame show, and we'll have guests that come on for the isotopes. And people, like, are blown away. Like, the isotopes are the envy of not just the Pacific Coast League, but really minor league baseball for the quantity of coverage. You know, I mean, we had three different TV stations that were out here three days in a row to do stories on a whole bunch of different topics, in addition to the fact that the Journal writes a story just about every single day from one of our games. And the fact that we do a crosstalk here every day, you know, for For a market the size of Albuquerque to give the quantity of local coverage, I'm telling you, I'm not just saying this is not spin. This is 100% honesty. Like, we are the envy of so many other markets that are the same size are even bigger markets for the type of coverage that exists in this market.
1: You have two weeks at home with the Albuquerque isotopes, which means on Monday night you and I are going to see Oppenheimer. How excited are you for that? (laughs)
0: You know, but then the other problem
1: with the Albuquerque market <laughs> is when they just, like, throw random stuff out on the air, and now you
0: got to, like, respond and say, like, no, sorry, bro, i got other plans. Barbie? I don't even know if I have other plans, but we'll we're see. Gonna...
1: We'll, uh, I feel like that's something we can figure out later. I just, I'm just excited about it. Who's on the pregame show tonight? Uh, part two of our
0: interview with Tyler Kinley. It was so good. His answers were so great, and there were so many different things to cover that we turned it into a two-parter, and uh, – Man, I always heard that he was just like a really, not just good person, but a really thoughtful person. And that lived up to it. And then some, like, all of his answers, you could just tell he was really thinking. He really cared. He told me about how he's going to, like, go to the zoo with his family while he's in town this week. And so you'll hear all of that with Tyler Kinley.
1: High are up 2-1 to in the series thus far against Sacramento, looking to have a very big weekend. Trust Uh-oh, what happened? Oh well, Josh, Josh Sushan. Oh, are you back, I'm here. Fred? What? I'm here. But uh, everyone oh. should be here.
0: Fred, we we lost you for like 30 seconds.
1: Did we almost make it through the entire we week? We
0: literally have like 45 seconds. So this is perfect.
1: we have 45 seconds left before it's all a disaster. Josh, thank you so much, brother. Appreciate you. Enjoy your weekend. That's a dude right there. That was an absolute dude. Josh <laughs> he Suchan. is a dude. Voice of your Albuquerque iStops, Amory. Hey, you produced you produced the morning show for like eighteen months. There were a couple of big interviews. It was your real big break in the terrestrial radio. And now and now here in the afternoon every single day. What is the emotion through you here celebrating the morning show on the fifteenth anniversary? Um, it was uh, coming back to Albuquerque. It was the hardest year of my life, and I don't know yeah. if Jeff and JJ know this. And I, uh, but they got me through like the hardest year of my life so far i get so emotional talk i start crying every time but it was literally the hardest year of my life so i'm very thankful for them our boss a guy named jared and i went and scouted a marie at a stand-up show you guys frank's at frank's chicken and waffles when we were looking for talent and that's whenever we brought at that time we brought a marie (laughs) in.
0: Oh, we're we lost them on the Comrex. We literally <laughs> lost you on the Comrex. Uh, we got 30 seconds. Topes is after this. Happy 15th anniversary to the opening drive and to many more. Thank you to everyone that came out to Sandia and Hooters. We will see you on Monday later. Burke, hey, GG.